0: Hello, this is Father Michael Eads from the Toronto Oratory, and you're listening to Lexio et Oratio, a short spiritual reading podcast followed by a reflection. The Imitation of Christ by Thomas Akempis, Book 4, Chapter 10. We should not lightly keep away from Holy Communion. Christ the Beloved. You must often return to the source of grace and divine mercy, the source of goodness and all purity, to enable you to be cured of your passions and vices. So may you deserve to become stronger and more watchful in repelling all the temptations and deceits of the devil. That enemy of yours is aware of the great prophet and remedy for sin contained in Holy Communion. And so, in every way and on every occasion, he does his utmost to drag faithful and devout souls as far as he is able, away from the holy table, and set up barriers between them and it. There are some people who suffer more grievous assaults from Satan whenever they are making their preparation for holy communion. As it is written in the book of Job, the evil spirit comes among the children of God to trouble them with his usual wicked devices, or make them over-fearful and confused. His aim is to lessen their love or to attack and destroy their faith so that they will give up communion altogether or come to it with little fervor. But you must not mind his wiles and his imaginations of evil, however filthy and horrible. Fling all those foul pictures of his back at his own head. Treat the wretch with scorn and derision. Do not let his assaults or the disturbances he arouses in you, make you refrain from going to communion. What often sets up a barrier is an unreasonable worrying about your feelings of devotion and tormenting thoughts about going to confession. Act on the advice of those who are versed in such things and lay aside your troubling thoughts and scruples. They are a bar to the grace of God and ruin your devotion. Do not refrain from going to communion because of some little matter that weighs on your mind and perplexes it. Go straight off to confession and freely forgive all the hurt that others have done you. Should you happen to have done a bad turn to someone else, humbly beg pardon, and God will freely grant you forgiveness. What is the point of delaying confession or putting off Holy Communion? Cleanse yourself at once. Spit out the poison, make haste to take the antidote and you will feel better than if you had long delayed to do so. Put off communion today for some reason or other and tomorrow something worse may go happen to you. Go on like that and you may be debarred from communion for a long while, growing ever less fit to receive it. As soon as you can, Shake yourself free of the torpor that weighs on you now. There's not much point in suffering long torments or going about for ages in a state of distress and keeping away from the sacraments because of the difficulties that crop up daily. No, on the contrary, deferring communion for a long time is extremely harmful. It usually brings about general spiritual stagnation. It is a sad fact that some people, lacking in fervor and self-control, are only too glad to find excuses for putting off their confession. They desire to have their Holy Communion postponed, for fear that they should have to keep a stricter watch over their lives. How little love they have, how feeble their devotion, those who put so lightly off going to Communion, happy the man and well with God who lives such a life, keeps so unspotted a conscience that he would be ready to communicate every day and do it gladly, if only he were allowed to do so and could escape remark. If a man sometimes refrains from communicating out of humility or because some lawful cause prevents him, he is to be commended for his reverence. But if it is because sloth has crept over him, he should bestir himself and do his best. God will come to the aid of his desire because of his good intention, on which he looks with special favor. When a man is lawfully prevented from communicating, he still keeps his good will, his devout resolve to receive the sacrament, and thus he will not be deprived of the benefits it brings. It is within the power of any devout person, no matter the day or the hour, to approach Christ in spiritual communion with none to say him nay, and his soul will profit thereby. All the same, you ought on fixed days and definite times to receive the body of the Redeemer sacramentally with loving reverence, seeking the praise and honor of God rather than your own comfort. Every time you mystically communicate and are given that unseen refreshment, you devoutly recall the mystery of Christ's incarnation and passion. Your hearts are kindled with the fire of his love. The man who prepares himself only when a feast is coming or when custom obliges him will, as often as not, be quite unprepared. Happy the man who, every time he says Mass or goes to communion, offers himself wholly to the lord when saying mass he be neither too long about it nor too hurried keep to the good balance between the two struck by those with whom you are living you ought not to induce annoyance and weariness in others but keep to the ways laid down by your predecessors better mindful of other people's profit than your own devotion or spiritual taste. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Angels of God, our guardians, dear, to whom God's love commits us here, ever this day be at our side, to light and guard, to rule and guide, Amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, teacher of teachers, have mercy on us. Saint Philip Neri, gentle guide of youth, patron of thy own, Vessel of the Holy Ghost. Pray for us. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thomas the Kempis makes a very interesting point at the end of this chapter. He says that people who restrict going to communion just for some special day, planning that they're going to do it on this special day, making a big deal of that, he says often end up not even being prepared for that day. Now, this is not such a common situation nowadays. Nowadays, there aren't a lot of people, it seems, who only go to communion on some special feast day. Today, a lot of people go to communion every time they go to Mass, no matter what. Of course, Thomas the Kempis would say, going to communion every day is wonderful if we're ready for it. Absolutely wonderful. But if we're not truly ready for it, then we need to remember what St. Paul says, that some of you are sick and dying because you receive the Holy Eucharist unworthily, not discerning the body and the blood. In other words, if we have awareness, consciousness of a serious sin, mortal sin, that is, something done with grave matter, about grave matter, serious business, not a small thing, with full knowledge and complete consent, a real choice. Okay. If we're aware of that, having done that, then we need to go to confession before communion. But the general point he's making here is that if we take a minimalist approach, We end up usually not even getting that right. So this idea that I'll put off doing this really good thing till this other big date. Or I'm going to wait till this other date. Or no, no, I'll do it later. No, (laughs) you won't do it later. (laughs) When we tell ourselves, I'll do it later. Actually end up not doing a lot of things later. So let us ask the Lord, when we go to communion, to give us generosity, promptness, fidelity. The Lord said, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in few small things. Enter into the joy of your master. Lord, take out of our heart all our excuses. Take out of our heart all our rationalizations. Take out of our heart all the ways we deceive ourselves. Above all, all the ways we keep ourselves from more devout communions. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.